Welcome to the Business Life and Joy podcast, where we believe that both your business and your life can be filled with joy. If you want to grow an online business without fear, self-doubt, or the need to take on a hustle around the clock mindset, you are in the right place at the right time. I'm your host, Shante Grant, creative entrepreneur, teacher, two-time online business owner, mom, wife, and friend. Thank you for being present with me for today's episode of the Business Life Enjoy podcast. Hello, friends, and welcome to today's episode of the Business Life Enjoy podcast. Today is an exceptionally exciting episode because I am chatting with Jordan Gill of Systems Saved Me, and today we're talking all about systems. What is a system? Like, have you ever heard someone say, oh, it's so important that you have systems in your business? Well, maybe you've thought before, what exactly does that mean? Or perhaps you think you know what systems are, and Maybe you're right, maybe you're wrong. Well, today, Jordan's gonna take the confusion out of systems and she's gonna talk to you about her business, her background, and how she got started with what is now System Saves Me, helping entrepreneurs to truly bring life back into their business through the important thing called systems. And so I'm really excited to introduce her to you and just to let you have an ear into our conversation talking all about what she does, how she helps entrepreneurs, business owners, and how she would advise you to get started with really taking a look at the systems that you have in place in your business. Having Jordan here on the podcast today is such a treat. I've had the pleasure of meeting her once in person and she's just so lovely so giving of her knowledge and information and just truly someone who values relationships which you all know is very important here at the business life enjoy podcast so i want to introduce you to jordan gill and my conversation with her talking all about systems and what that means for you and your business so let's head on over and um, join me in jordan's conversation Before we get to the conversation with me and Jordan, I wanted to let you know that today's episode is sponsored by Focus Finishers, my upcoming three-day working retreat, which is followed by a five-week mastermind. For three days, I want to invite you to join me in Charleston, South Carolina for a three-day working retreat. Now, what does that mean? That means we are going to work. Work on your business, not in your business. Imagine three days with no laundry, no carpool, no dishes, no dinner to cook, no lunch to make, but just to focus on your business. This is going to be so good. And I guarantee you, when you leave this three-day working retreat, you're gonna have a to-done list as opposed to leaving with a to-do list. In addition to that, I'm gonna give you five weeks of an additional support with a five-week mastermind weekly calls with me. If you'd like to apply, you can go to shantagrant.com forward slash finish. Again, that's shantagrant.com forward slash finish, which will also be linked in today's show notes at shantagrant.com forward slash 126. Hello, Jordan, and welcome to the Business Life and Joy podcast. I am so thrilled to have you here today. Can you please tell everyone who you are, what you do, introduce yourself? Yes. Hey, y'all. I am Jordan Gill, obviously down in Dallas, Texas, if you could hear from the y'all. I don't have an accent, which is quite unfortunate, but you would think after four years, I'd be able to get that, but that's a whole nother subject. Um, I am a operations consultant and just like overall systems nerd. Uh, I love, which we'll get into what systems are, right? It's such a vague 
weird nebulous word, but I love helping people streamline their day-to-day operations. So how are you getting things done essentially is everything that brings me life and joy. Um, and I've been in business three years. I have podcast system saved me as well. And I have a cute little dog whose name is Vivian and she is a cockapoo and she is the center of my world besides my boyfriend and his son. But, um, but yeah, so that's, that's kind of my world right now. I love that. And I'm going to tell you before I got to actually meet you, um, in person this year, I had heard your name anytime anyone had a question about systems or even among my own students, they'd mentioned they'd taken something to learn something from you. Um, so your name is out there when it comes to like systems, 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 which is good. Um, but I want to know, how did you get involved in this world and what you do? Tell us your story. Totally. So I have a very strange, I mean, everybody says they have a strange story, right? So I guess that just means that we're all strange, which is a-okay. So I started in this industry, and my the majority of my career, I guess you could say, is in the online marketing industry. So that is kind of interesting in and of itself. I've never been in corporate. The first time I stepped foot in corporate was Southwest headquarters last year, Halloween. A friend of mine brought me, and I was like, "Whoa!" <laughs> like, okay, like I understand a little bit better now. Um, so that was my first <laughs> experience with that. But I had worked in nonprofits before getting in this space. Uh, and then I started working for kind of a big wig in the industry at the time. Uh, and she had a position called head of content. So I have a background in journalism and writing, actually. And so I helped her write the content of her webinars, her courses, her sales pages, her all the things to make sure that her messaging was fluent throughout all the areas. So I basically like to say she was the Beyonce. I was a songwriter. Like that's like the relationship we had. And it was awesome. And I did it for two years. Um, in the second year, she saw how processed I was when it came to creating content. She's like, do you just create systems for everything? And I was like, I mean, yeah, like, don't you like, isn't this like a thing? She's like, no. <laughs> so then that second year, I actually went around to different areas. So I went to the customer support, went to her membership and I went to her um her editorial processes, and I created and built out the process or system, and then I would hire somebody to maintain them. And that was so much fun. And she was the first person that helped me realize, okay, there are systems people and there are people who think that they're not systems people, but their systems are just not as efficient. So I was like, oh, I'm a systems person. And that was the first time I actually understood that that was a skill. So um, then I, uh, we ended our relationship, um, amicably, it was wonderful. And I, and it was mainly honestly, because God knocked on my heart and was like, it's time to go. And I was like, fascinating. Um, I, was, I, I don't have anything else going on. Like I wasn't side businessing or anything like that. And so I was like, okay. Uh, so I gave six weeks notice without having any clue what I was going to do, uh, not recommended, but thankfully, uh, it worked out for me and I was able to solidify $12,000 a month of recurring revenue for my business by the end of those six weeks. And I think a lot of times we allow like, oh my gosh, like, you know, we have to be, you know, we have to have $20,000 in our bank account before we leave for, to join, to have our business. I had 3000, like we have to have like all of these things set up. I had a website, a bank account, and not even a website. I had a coming soon page. I had a, a bank account and I had an LLC. So in an email address, I did not have an Instagram. I didn't have a bunch of shiny pictures. Like, 
people overthink that so much. And I just hustled. And for me, relationships are everything, which I'm sure you'll hear all about throughout this interview. And that's the sole reason that I was able to secure that much income and revenue that quickly, Um, because all about who you know, and the relationships that you build, and the value you give, whether it is in client um, relationships, or in just business colleague relationships. So that's kind of how I got started. That was gosh, three and a half ish years ago. And you know, I've had different offerings here and there, but that's kind of like my origin story, I guess you could say. Yeah, I love that because so many times I think what we naturally are good at or what we naturally do, we take for granted. I think that's what I heard essentially when she was like, you're like, oh, this is not how everybody does. This isn't how you think. No, systems, right? Um, which I mean, it's so my jam because I make everything like there's systems for everything. My husband can't stand it because he's so anti that. But I'm like, so like, OK, so this is what we're going to do. OK, here's the plan. This is how it's going to work. We get out the board like that's just how. I think, and that's how I'm able to breathe um, at the end of the day. But I love that someone had you do that and that brought out that part of you or it was already there. And then someone said, okay, well, can you do this for over here? And you took that and turned it into your own thing, even though you didn't know like that's where you were were headed. Um, so let's talk about this systems work because we've said a lot already. Um, for everyone's listening, like how would you define like systems? When you're talking about you help people with their systems in their business, what do you mean by that? So systems aren't necessarily just technology. Uh, so I want to go ahead and bash that right now uh, because you think of like makeup routine, that's technically a system. A workout routine is a system. What I define a system as is it's honestly just step-by-step actions toward a goal. Like that's literally it. Like if you have a goal to have a, you know, a beautiful face, what steps are you going to take? You know, do the primer, then the foundation, then the blush, then the highlighter, then the mascara. That's my five minute face. I don't, I'm very low key when it comes to my makeup or, you know, if there's a system for um, how you cook called a recipe, like what things do I need to go and buy? Like what order do I need to put things in the pot? Do I need to stir the pot? Like all of those things. If you just think of it in a simplistic, I like to put it in life terms um, for people to like first grasp and be like, okay. And then in business, the systems can be related to people. So how, what, um, if you have a team and all of that stuff, how are you measuring the success of them? How are they reaching the goals that they need to be? How are you reaching the goals you need to be? You know, and then the systems that most people think of are, okay, how are my tools talking to each other? How are they integrated? Those sorts of things. And they all go under systems. Um, so, but it's really just step-by-step actions toward a goal. I love that because that's exactly what it is. And it it takes the scariness out. And I think it takes away the excuses of, oh, I'm not at a place yet where I need systems. No, you do from the very, very start. And what you're doing every day might be a system, might not be a good one, but you're creating a system whether you're trying to or not. So how does someone get started if they're like, okay, I have never thought of systems before. How do I even know where to start in my business with a system? Which system? What do I do? How do I start? What would you tell someone? All the things. Yeah. (laughs) In the, I guess, most basic format, I like to think of business as managing three different areas. If you are a solopreneur, four different areas if you have a team. So the three areas that you manage in your business are leads, clients, and then your business back end. Um, So looking at your business just from a very simplistic, like there's not a whole lot of other things you're managing. Um, it's really just managing how you're bringing in new clients, new referral partners, new prospects, and then how are you fulfilling that? What deliverables are you giving out? And then 
on the business side, like how are you tweaking, adjusting, assessing, reviewing? That is going to be more on the business side of things. And I pretty much always suggest people start in clients because more than likely you have had a client or two. um, And so you have a very easy framework to work off of. Um, The lead side may need to be tweaked and all that stuff, but client side, for the most part, you have maybe 80 to 90% of it figured out. As far as I know that they have to sign a contract. I know that they have to pay me. I know that they have to send me information about uh, their brand, if I'm doing social media images, or, you know, give me metrics if I'm going to coach them through their financial journey. And so I say start with your clients first, because also if you deliver great client experience, the leads, not that they will all come, right? Because we don't want to necessarily always lean on that. But if you create a great client experience, people talk. And Shanta and I both know that. Like if you if you have a good experience with someone, then they will refer you to other people because they're like, girl, she got my life together or girl, like she got my finances together or whatever it is. And that is really the lifeblood of your business when it comes to just like making sure that their experience is the best it can be. That's where I always say people start. Um, and then I kind of look at leads and then I kind of look at business. I'm a little bit of, you know, being in operations, I'm like behind the scenes, take care of everyone else before me. So that's why I always am like clients, leads, and then business. So the business side is the crazy behind the scenes. So I'm like, I can handle the crazy behind the scenes as long as my clients and other people are taken care of, then I'm okay. If you are not that way, then you can do the opposite. But everyone should start with clients. And that just looks at specifically your onboarding. Um, So making sure that that first couple of steps you have with them keeps them excited. Because after a sale, I don't know if you've ever read this book, Shanta. um, It's Never Lose a Customer Again by Joey Coleman. Amazing. And I feel like he does a really good job of of explaining just a customer experience um, in eight A's. Um, so every word is a, I can't even say all of them right now, but what I found interesting and true is literally right after somebody sends the invoice or right after somebody pays their buyer's remorse goes like, like not, it has nothing to do with you. Absolutely not. This happens to everybody. Their buyer's remorse is like, Oh my gosh, what did I just do? Even if they sent like $20, Oh my gosh, what did I just do? Like, I can't believe I just spent that much money on this thing. Like, I have no idea what to expect. Like, what am I doing? Did I make a good decision? Like all of these thoughts start roaring in their head. So if you can just come in right after payment, especially and say, Hey, I'm so excited to work with you. Here's all the things that we're going to get done. Or here's all the results you can expect. Or here's all the things that are coming up in the next few weeks. Then that way they're like, okay, like, I know what's happening. I feel in control. Like I made a good decision. She's here for me. Um, those things are so important when it comes to client experience. So that's really where I say to start is client onboarding. That's so good. What was the name of that book again? Yeah, Never Lose a Customer Again um, by Joey Coleman. We'll put that in the show notes. And as you're talking about that, I was thinking, and that works for, I. as you know, I have two companies because of Zoe and then also business education. And I can see how that works in both because with Because of Zoe, you get a physical product, you buy it and you're like, okay, now when am I supposed to get it again? When is it going to ship? Oh, can I look at what I ordered? All those questions start going to people's head. And to, before they can email us to ask those questions, they're going to get an email with a copy of what they ordered with a picture of the product they ordered with a reminder about the shipping time, a reminder that they're going to get an email when it ships. They're going to get an email when it's delivered. 
So that immediately puts all those questions that you first think of. Also, sometimes it's out of excitement, particularly for, I think, for a physical product. It's still the excitement, but then you're like, but hold on, I have all these questions. Um, To answer that immediately really eases people and it just, it gives them that positive experience to connect with buying from you and then they want to recreate that again. Um, So I think that's important because I don't want anyone to hear that and think, oh, well, that's just people who are just delivered a course or a, a digital product. That is important no matter what you do when people, and you're right, when people hit that button, then they're kind of like, oh, what did I just do? And you have the opportunity right there to say, let me tell you why that was such a great decision. But I'm, I'm going to go in and speak to everything you're thinking of right now, whether it's a physical product with, we all want to know, okay, I'm like, when I order something, I'm like, okay, has it, has it shipped yet? Like two seconds later, I'm looking at my phone and I'm like, okay, but what day is it going to get here? Like, cause I'm ready for it right now. So you can answer that and curb that enthusiasm. And also for, of course, for the digital products and course, like making it easy so that someone's not emailing saying, okay, well, how do I get started? How do I log in? Do I start with one? Is it this? Like answering all those questions. So I do agree with you. I think that's the place to start. Because that's going to ease, first of all, it's going to take off all those things you're going to get in your inbox if you don't do it, because people are going to email with all those questions. But I think that's perfectly smart. So you have leads, clients, and then the back end. So after people work on the client portion, then do they go to leads or back end? I suggest leads, um, because again, if you have your clients rocking and rolling and things are going well, then most likely you have figured out, okay, what is my true capacity and how many leads do I need to get? Um, Because I think a lot of people not calculate their capacity incorrectly. However, I think it's, it can be tricky to measure your capacity as a service-based business owner, as a digital course person, as a product, any, any business. Um, I think it can be tricky because we've never done like time estimates before. We've never like, you know, and things aren't normal, right? So this whole, like everything standardized, every client can shift a little bit, even if you're literally delivering the same thing, right? So I want people to get their client stuff down so they can understand, okay, it takes me between five to seven hours a week per client, or, you know, it takes me X amount of time to do my group calls and to go into the Facebook group every single week, whatever those things are for you, then you can start to say, okay, how many more can I possibly handle on my own as a solopreneur? And then once I hit that capacity, then I know it's time to hire um, because that is a true capacity. That is where you actually cannot physically do any more of the work yourself. So I always say go to leads next. Um, and again, based on the capacity of your clients, you'll know, okay, I really actually only need two more clients or really I actually only need like 20 more customers for you know my t-shirt business or whatever it is. Like, it, it kind of shifts it because we think we need so much. And a lot of times that's not true. I think majority of the time that I work with people, it's not true. They're like, oh, really? I really want to need like one more client to like have this happen. I'm like, yeah, <laughs> that sounds about right. Like one to three. So I work a lot with service-based. So that's kind of the, the frame of reference I have. So looking at your leads and knowing, okay, if I know that I need two leads this month, Um, to get one client or three leads to get one client, then I need to do outreach to five people a week to see how many of people I can hit. Um, I'm a big outreach person. I don't like to sit and wait for anything. Um, So talking about shipping, 
I live in Dallas and Amazon has like two hour fast delivery shipping is heaven to me. So <laughs> I, <laughs> I do not uh, patience I'm working on, but I think that there's something about like knowing like there's only one or two people I need to hit or two or three that I need to like communicate with and start a relationship with to then get to my goal. Like talking to three people versus thinking I need to talk to 20 like that's a difference. Like, and especially if you are somebody who doesn't necessarily get your energy from people or being around people, then that makes it way less overwhelming because I think we think of outreach and sales and all that stuff as talking to the masses. And it's like, I don't have to talk to three people this whole month or this week or whatever. Three people is okay. Like that's not as scary. So lead stuff is always, that's like my jam. Um, and I think that there's something to be said about people who can just start up conversations and build relationships and think of your sales more as like coffee chats or hangouts or whatever, if that is going to put you more at ease. But then there also, as you you and I both know, there is systematic um, approaches to sales because you don't want to just technically hang out. So, um, so yeah, I would say clients and leads in business. Something you said, small sidebar, it made me think, because I have a few students in my group coaching program who are either the podcast managers or virtual assistants. And a question that I actually saw that I have coming up on a call we have later today was when you get to the place where you can't take any more clients on, but you know you have to either, you have to raise your prices, but in order to hit your, your goals um, or take on more people, but you're at capacity. Is that when it's time to... I, of course, I'm always about the raising the rates and the prices. But two, does that mean it's time to take on a team? Or would you say it's time for to outsource certain things that they can? Or is that time to think of another stream, so to speak, of income? What do you usually advise people when it comes to that situation who take on clients and say, I'm at max with what I can actually do to service them? So I have a little, I don't know, it's not even like a knack. It's not a secret. It's not anything. But when it comes to hiring, when I was first hiring, I hired people based on projects. So instead of bringing somebody on on a recurring every single month capacity, I would essentially batch the work and get it all done, which also tends to be that you can get better rates in the sense of um, they'll because you're giving them 20 podcasts in one versus four every single month, I can get lower rates because of that. Um, same social media, same things. So those are examples. So I would look at, at availability to, to look at what can be batched and sent out um, because again, like there is this balance of, expenses and revenue like there there just is so I think a lot of folks think they automatically have to bring someone on and like be responsible for them uh for you know every single month and that if that is the the block that you have then I say start with project based if you're like not play like we need somebody up in here every single month then go straight for uh, the recurring person I think that raising your, I don't think necessarily raising your rates and bringing on a team have to be mutually exclusive. I think both happen. Um, I'm definitely a fan of raising your rates as well. So, but it is important to think about, do you want to build an agency? Because I think a lot of people sometimes build the agency and then they're like, oh my gosh, I have an agency and like, that's not the business model I wanted. Yeah. <laughs> so be intentional about what, what that pivot is and just know that when you are looking at that moment, I like to think of business kind of as growth and fulfillment. And 
look at, do I like to do the fulfillment? Do I like to do the growth? If the answer is yes to both, and maybe it is just raising your rates and keeping it really premium. If you're like, I actually just like doing the growth and I don't like doing the fulfillment, then an agency probably is right for you. If you like to do the fulfillment and you don't like doing the growth, then honestly, I think every business owner does have to touch growth um, in some way, shape or form, whether that's building connections or finding vendors or whatever. But I think that then it's like, okay, then you can do the fulfillment and you maybe get um, a salesperson or you get somebody to do your social media or whatever it is that you do for growth. So I think that there's ways to make every business model work. It's just what is your preference? What are your strengths? Uh, what skills do you love to do? And I think that can shift too, because I know that I have, I've loved fulfillment for three years. Um, I loved it. I'm like, this is what I want to do. I've had salespeople before. Um, I have referral partners. Like that was, I was like, I love fulfillment and I'll outsource the growth. And it has flipped this year to where I actually really enjoy the growth and not so much the fulfillment and, and that's okay. And so now I'm shifting my, what my team looks like to match that um, and to make sure that I'm supported so that I can just stay in growth mode um, as much as possible. And that doesn't mean I don't dip my toe in fulfillment, right? But majority, I would say 80 to 90% of my time I want in growth mode. Yeah. I think what I heard you say is something that I say all the time and ask people and it is, what do you want? Like it's a basic question, but it's where I start almost every conversation. Because if you don't know that, that answer, that has to be answered before we figure out how you get there. Like you knew in this season, I liked fulfillment and this one is the growth. Like you, but you have to know that to know, okay, if this is what I want, this is what I, or sometimes you know what you don't want to be able to make the next step. So that makes perfect sense. Um, So you talked about the clients, the leads, and what are people doing when they're working on the back end, that third part? Yes. So the back end, honestly, is where people like to avoid anyway. So when they know that they get to do leads and clients, they're like, yay. So uh, the business fulfillment side is centered around your financials. Um, I call um, the other department systems and then um, your requests. So for finances, very simple, bookkeeping, make sure you're paying your taxes, yada, yada. And then um, the systems portion is anything that you need to review, update, assess, or tweak. Um, So that could be, I need to tweak my about page, or I need to build an integration between Dubsado and Stripe, or I need to XYZ123, that's systems. And it's not, I don't like to call it a catch-all because when people throw a bunch of stuff that's not necessary in there, like every task that's in systems needs to directly relate to the goals that you have to meet. Like, why are you tweaking your about page? Like, are you getting clients because of your about page? No. Okay. Well then why are we messing around with that sort of thing? So that's really the systems aspect. And then uh, requests is basically anything inbound that people are asking for speaking summits, podcast interviews, all of that sort of stuff and how you handle that. And when I was a solopreneur, I had it to where Fridays were kind of my follow-up Fridays. And I would have an automated response to anybody who sent me a request and said, hey, thank you so much for your request. I respond on Friday. So whenever that is, like, I will send you a response. Again, like, managing expectations is everything. So you don't think of it outside of the scope of clients, but I think of it outside of that scope. I like people to know that things, like... I will respond to you because I don't want to get like a bunch of follow-ups and all of that sort of stuff as a solopreneur because it was like, I had to keep my inbox clean. I had to keep all these areas clean so that I knew what I should work on. And so having dedicated days, knowing like what day 
I was going to respond to it and letting them know what day I was going to respond to it just put a lot of people at ease. Um, and okay, cool. Like see you on Friday. Uh, and I would do that. That's also any like Friday introductions or, um, any, uh, was like connection emails of people were like, Hey, I need this person. Do you know anybody? Um, all of that stuff was done on Fridays. Um, and when you have somebody else in your box, it kind of, you know, kind of, uh, ends up being their own system. But, for me, by myself, I was like, Fridays are the days I'm going to do all that stuff because that those little five-minute tasks, and I'm putting in the air, for those of you who can't see me, um, because we think things take us five minutes. And so um, those five-minute tasks of sending intros or doing all this, oh, it'll just take me a quick five minutes. That five minutes, you've just now sacrificed about 30 in focus time for whatever it is we're supposed to be working on. And that's just like, that's how stuff adds up. And that's how you're like, I had time. And now I don't like what happened? Well, that five minute task actually took you 30. So just being really conscious and aware of especially that request is where people tend to tinker and and hang out and all that stuff. Um, So requests need to have their own dedicated time and space on your calendar, instead of just letting them kind of float throughout the week. Yeah, I love that. Because you just you just ripped so many people um, from excuses. But like when you said that, I was like, that is so smart because you've given them a bounce back email. Now people know what to expect and when to expect to hear from you. You've taken that off of your plate from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. And you now know this is what I'm going to be spending my time doing on Friday. You know, they know, and you just party of one because so many people say, well, because I don't have someone taking over my inbox, I have to be in the inbox every day. And even when I was a party of one, I didn't do that because I just knew, like, like you said, that five minutes become 30 because then you see something else. You want to respond to one email, but ooh, that looked important. And then you remember that something you didn't, it just, it loses so much time. It sucks so much time. So I love that example because I think that's an example of how you can be efficient when you are still just a party of one or when you don't have someone in your inbox. So I love that. Um, so my question is that so we talked about the leads, the clients, the back end. When do people start thinking about what they typically think about with systems? And that's like, what software do I use? Do am I MailChimp? Am I ConvertKit? Am I Active Campaign? Am I when does that conversation matter? And I just feel like it's not as heavy as a lot of people try to make it because it's not permanent. First of all, like you won't die if you don't, you don't have to spend a month to decide, pick one, use it. If it doesn't work, (laughs) try again. But that's my answer. I want to hear from the expert. What's your take on that? When people start thinking about things like email or like, like technology, the technology piece. Yeah. So when you, I agree a lot with what you say, because, um, and even as a systems person, I get wrapped up. I'm like, oh my gosh, there's this new shiny tool and I must have it. So um, I understand if you're a shiny object syndrome, what about systems or tools? So my take on the different tools that you use in your business, especially if you're on your own, is that they must talk to each other. Like, I don't think you should have what I call floating tools, where it's just like, it just does this one thing over here and I'm just paying for this one thing. So... I don't know if there's any, there might be some extenuating circumstances, but I would say the majority of the time, like your software should really be tight and talking to each other. That's how you can get a lot of the stuff off of your plate when it comes to the different tasks you're doing on a day-to-day basis. Like automation, there is such thing as over automating, but automation is, is really how you can 
keep your process and keep your system consistent for every single person. Like the more you do manual, the less consistent that that experience is for your client, customer, whoever, because we are humans. Like we forget things, things come up, this over here, like all the things. And so then that adjusts then to the client, like the client experiences that. And I'm not, this is not a shame situation, but it just is. I think if you can lean on some automation, then no matter what, all of your students get their new content emails on Monday. Um, or again, your clients get scheduled this week's client sessions on Monday or whatever it is. Like that helps because I don't, you know, I just think of it like TV shows and Shonda Rhimes be tripping sometimes because whenever scandal was going on and I expect Thursdays, eight o'clock PM central standard time or whatever time it was, like I'm here, I'm sitting with my popcorn and wine. I expect the show to be on. And sometimes Shonda would just be like, mm, it's going to be two weeks. And I'm like, um, okay. So I'm just going to sit here now by myself with popcorn and wine. Like this is awkward. So don't do that to your clients. They, they have expectations and it's not even drastic expectations, right? That's TV. And I probably should be doing something more productive with my time anyway, but like, your clients feel that same way and same excitement. Like, oh my gosh, I got to like schedule a coaching call with her. Like, perfect. Um, so don't think that it's bothersome or repetitive or any of those things because that that is what needs to be done. And you can make automation feel friendly. I don't think anyone has ever told me that, oh my gosh, like I could totally tell this is like robotic and it really hurt me or like whatever. I hate you because of it. I don't think I've had a and say that so you can you can friendly it up in your own way I use gifts a lot um, and I use very conversational language so when it comes to which tools you're using just look at how it can one take more than one task off your plate um, and two talk to other tools as well so there's there was a time like when I was working on teams where like there was like a couple of tools that did something or like one tool that did something. So it was like, okay, well we all just have to do this tool, but now there's like an abundance of choice, um, which is great and difficult. So look and review your tools, see what it's actually able to do for you. Um, and then don't forget to actually set it up because just because you pay for a tool, you're not really getting the benefit. Um, just like it, it, and I think a lot of people are just like, oh my gosh, I'm just going to get a sauna and it's just going to like whip my life into shape. And it's like, mm, you are wrong, honey. So uh, we got to we gotta actually be able to use the tool. It's like, you know, when you're building a house, like, okay, I bought a hammer, but it's just laying on the, sh- on the street. Like that did nothing. Um, you have to actually use the hammer to build the house so you can have the house. So really look at your tools as, Things that you have to either go into every day, um, whether it's a project management software or it's a tool that's going to be working for you on a daily or maybe weekly basis, whether it's, again, sending coaching call sessions or or um, sending your clients their deliverables or whatever it is. Yeah. I remember just even when I started because of Zoe, we started with just post a picture on Instagram, leave your PayPal address. And three hours would just be sending PayPal invoices, which was very not fun. And I literally created a website only to, not because I was thinking I was going to start a business, but because I was like, I don't want to keep sending these invoices. So I did that one thing so that I could stop spending three hours. You can now go on and put it in. But that one thing took all of that off that off my plate 
Like no more do I have to do that. And then I remember when I, like when we finally stopped shipping manually and we bought like ShipStation and now it all works together and I don't have to send the notification emails. Once it ships, it sends the tracking. Like, so as you're talking, I was like, I went back to early business and how I used to remember business when I was the person hitting every click. When I sent at the end of every week, a welcome email to people who joined for the whole week, as opposed to having an automated welcome email. Like I just went back and I was like, I can't believe I was, I mean, <laughs> it's just like, I was a person pressing everybody and making everything happen. Nothing was happening when I was asleep because I had to be the person p- pushing the button. And man, that is not the way to, that's not the way to do it. But that was exactly how I started five years ago, like the person who was pushing the button. So that means again, when you're asleep, that's an opportunity somewhere else. And so many of my sales happen in both businesses, like when I'm asleep or when I'm away, Thanks to automation. So yeah, that makes so much sense that they they work together. Um, so that you have five different things that are all doing different things, but aren't communicating with each other. Um, what mindset shifts do you think people need to make as they start wrapping their head around everything that you've shared with us so far about like thinking about clients, thinking about leads, thinking about the back end, thinking about growth versus fulfillment, thinking about tools. What is it that people are even now, as they're hearing you say these things that they know are true, you guys, I wouldn't bring her here if I didn't know what she's saying is right. Like, what are the things they're saying to themselves right now that they need to stop saying to themselves so they can actually embrace this and watch how it changes their business and their lives? Totally. Yeah, there's there's definitely quite, I mean, with anything, there's all these mindset beliefs and new ones come up every day. Uh, so when it comes to systems, when it comes to being more productive, efficient, effective, all the words that are out there. I think it's really important to, to not say I'm not that um, as if it's not part of your identity because it's just like, um, I use metaphors a lot if you can't, uh, if you can't, but uh, it's, it's the same thing as if like, okay, I'm not a healthy person. Well, if you say that to yourself, then you are not going to lose the 10 pounds that you're trying to lose because you're over here literally believing and telling yourself that you are not a healthy person. So you're going to stay stuck and being 10 pounds overweight or whatever the issue is. So like you saying, I'm not blank. I'm not a systems person. I'm not productive. I'm not, you know, a tech guru, whatever language you're using is actually really dangerous because when you hit the I'm not like, that's where you really are going to hit a lot of roadblocks in growing your business and scaling your business. Because if you look at any business that is big or has gotten to a point where the business owner isn't struggling or isn't having to work as hard, what did they put in place? <laughs> and the answer is systems, whether the system is a person um, or it's a tool, automation, something uh, of the like. And so looking at that, again, I'm, if you don't want to have a million dollar business, that's totally cool. If you want to have a $200,000 $200, business, that's totally cool. Like, even still, like, do you want to be the person pushing the button every single time? No, uh, because you got into business for freedom and flexibility. And so you really have to adjust your, your thinking with the I'm nots. Um, because again, you are doing systems. Like everybody here is doing systems. Um, just you may not be doing the most efficient system or doing things the most effectively. And so then that comes to, okay, like, what would it look like to have a really great client onboarding process is when you're stuck in the I'm not just say, 
but what would it look like to like be more efficient or what would it look like to be more productive? Well, it probably mean that my like office space doesn't look like a mess because when your eyes see clutter, it automatically throws everything off. And again, okay, so I have this article for everyone for people with iPhones. Shantae, I'll send it to you after this so you can send it, put on show notes, but it's for people who have iPhones and they want to be as productive as possible when it comes to your iPhone because all those notifications, all the ding, pings, tings, chings, all the things need to stop. And so uh, it's it took me about an hour to do all the things on the list. And that has immensely, like immensely helped with my phone not being a distraction piece all day. And, you know, some of the things are a little like, they hurt sometimes because they're like, it's like put your, uh, your wallpaper to black because if you have a photo, automatically your brain sees all the colors and it's trying to navigate when you don't even think that it's actually doing that, but it's having to overwork to find your apps. It's not just as simple as, Oh, what folder did I put this in? It's like, I'm navigating through colors and, and grains of things like, and so I change it to black and it's just nice. It's clean. I know exactly where everything is. Um, and so I'll send you that article. Um, but the same thing is like with your business, like you're like, Oh, you know, I have to have my phone on to, you know, know if something's going haywire, then, okay. If you want to put it on, do not disturb and have a few numbers that if it comes through, you answer, then that's what you do. You don't just let, everybody under the sun, whether it's, you know, the auto mechanic or your long guy, like just come through during the workday. I think that um, setting yourself up for success when it comes to, to business and thinking like, I couldn't possibly have a clean workspace. Like I've literally heard that before. And I'll just, well, why? Like, what, what does that mean? Like how, what? So I think the physical space is sometimes what people have the most difficulty with. And I think that even if it's just like a TV tray in the living room, like make sure the TV tray is clean and that maybe you're facing outside so you can just see nature and stuff. Um, But if you have mess or like physical crazy, when you're working, your brain is actually overworking because it's having to, to remove all of the chaos that's going on in your, in in your, I guess, uh, inner physical realm versus just your digital realm. So that's like something that is the easiest, but sometimes not the easiest to kind of work through is um, really seeing yourself as an organized person and just starting at that. And again, you may not feel like you are, but anytime that you want to become something else, you have to start believing it before it actually happens. And I, this is this is everything. So have to start believing you're organized and maybe you just organize like the books on the one shelf and you're like, yes, I'm like, I'm a organized person. Like, woo. Uh, And then you just do another shelf the next week or next day. So start where um, the most impact would be. And for a lot of people, I find that the simplest thing of organizing your physical space can help then when you want to fix your digital digital space it ends up being a lot more helpful because your brain's not having to work as hard on the outside. Yeah, that's so true. So, I mean, so much of what you just said was so true, um, especially the saying what you are beforehand, because that that's, that is that is just huge. I used to say, you know, I'm not a numbers person. And I kept saying it over and over. And because I kept saying it, I started believing it. And it just made me cringe when I thought about like reviewing my numbers. And that's why like last year I introduced like, 
Financial Friday. Every Friday, I'm going to make myself do it. And then I realize if you do a little bit every week, it makes it so much easier and your accountant is so much more pleased with you <laughs> every quarter. Um, and then I re- realized like, no, I, if I say I'm not a numbers person, then I can't say I want to be a multimillionaire because you have, you can't, you, you have, those two things can't coexist. I have to be able to look at the numbers because those are going to tell me some things I need to know to do to move. And so, yeah, you're so right about the, I'm not, I'm not, I try my best to catch whatever I say, because you can become that. I wasn't a morning person, but I knew 4 a.m. I needed that because I am my day at 2.30 for carpool. I need 4 a.m. So I had to say, I'm becoming a morning person. <laughs> and now I can say I am a morning person, but it took some work. But you're, that that's huge. So thank you so much for that. They all take work. Like, I think, you know, it's funny. I used to say I'm not an ideas person because I, I very much am like systems oriented. I'm back end, like all that visionary, humdrum. Like I don't, it took me a long time time to come up with an idea and I think ideas people are like what are you even talking about like ideas just did not come natural I would have to sit in Barnes and Noble for six hours flipping through magazines and be like okay like here's an idea now I'm gonna run for it even if it was for like a Facebook live for the week like it was crazy and I just had to massage that muscle and say no I'm like I am an idea person like and other people would tell me I'm an ideas person and so just like going through it now now I'm a lot more like okay I totally have an idea for that or you know I can go run with this um idea that's 80% flushed out versus trying to be a perfectionist because that's definitely something I struggle with so um but I think that when I was saying I'm a perfectionist then I would take forever to do things and now it's like I'm an 80% person like if it's 80% then they're like I'm good like we're just gonna roll with it uh so whatever words matter, language matters. And so whatever those words are, just really start to be intentional about what you're telling yourself. Yeah, exactly. I love that. Okay. So we're getting close to getting close to the business life enjoy round, but I did want to ask you for those people out there who are maybe at a place where right now they are a party of one and that's what's a right fit for their business. Talk to me about something you have coming up soon that's just for those people who are truly a solopreneur, a party of one. Right now, they don't need a team, but how can they better manage being a part of one? What do you have for them? Yeah, so I have a masterclass um, on October 1st that I am doing for people who are a team of one, solo, dolo, ride and die by myself, uh, those (laughs) people. And it's really to help you, again, restructure how you see your work days. Um, it's how to help you understand what departments you really have in your business and not to think of it as this overwhelming corporation that for some reason has just gotten passed down to team of one folks. And maybe you just know right now hiring is not what you need to be doing and you just want to be more effective with your time. Then I have a masterclass for you that um, that I have. And that is uh, teamofonemasterclass.com slash sign up. Um, and you can come and check it out and, uh, there is a repeal available. Um, but yeah, I just, I want to help people who, who are struggling with capacity and who are struggling with being able to do more with less of their time. Um, because again, a lot of people who are team of ones may have a full-time job or you've got family errands and stuff like that. So you just have to be a lot more intentional about your time, um, 
to be able to then grow and scale and, and do the things you wanted to do. Yeah. Thank you so much for that. I think that's going to be helpful. I think that's a number of people out there who aren't at that place, even if that's their goal for ne- next year, or whatever, but they need to know how do I excel? Because I had to excel first at, as one to get to a place yeah. to be able to bring on um, someone and then someone else. So um, I think that's going to be really helpful. Um, so before we move to the business life enjoy round, do you have any other parting words as it relates to systems or just to kind of kick in the pants for someone who needs to hear like today's the day you need to sit down and start thinking about what systems looks like for your business and being sp- intentional with yeah, it. Yeah, I'm big on opportunity cost, thanks to my junior year economics class. And I, I like to think of things again, if I'm, you know, having to push the button on the welcome email for 50 people, that means I'm not able to go and, you know, sit in on my kid's music class and hear him play, you know, the trumpet or whatever. Like, I, if I'm doing here and sitting, uh, sitting and poking the button for welcome emails, then that means I'm not able to go to the park with my dog, or I'm not able to go and do these other things that I want to be doing. So if you are okay with manually doing all the things, then that means that your family's not as important. All of these things are not as important and you're putting your work before them, which is just not true for a lot of us. So our families are more important and our friends and our lives are more important. And so with you thinking that the manual way to go is the best way, either because you're trying to save money or because of whatever, like that is a, that's a lie. <laughs> so look at it as if I'm spending my time doing this, that means I'm not doing this. Then you're like, it kind of can put that fire under you being like, okay, like, things have to change because I'm missing out on the football games, the music lessons, the after school pickups, the, all of those things travel for me is a big thing. And so I'm not able to be there um, to go to my dad's football games, or I'm not able to, to go there for my friend's bridal shower. And those are things I want to be at. So if I need to figure out a way to get these things off my plate, whether it be uh, tools and automation or team for me, like, then what am I really saying? Like, if I value doing this manually, what does that really say to me and about me? It's not what I actually want it to say. So opportunity cost is really big for me. Um, So that's kind of my last parting words. Thank you. And I think that's really important to our audience too. So sometimes people have to put it in that perspective because you don't realize that what you are putting at jeopardy by making these choices to just keep operating. I always say like a game of whack-a-mole. You're just going to get up every day and try to whack all the molds. And that just gets tiring. Um, So thank you so much. Okay, we're going to move into the business life and joy round. I'm just going to ask you a question and tell me the first thing that comes to your mind. We'll start off pretty easy. Cake or ice cream? That is difficult because I am dairy free. So (laughs) that's what first came to mind. But there is actually a cake in Lisbon, Portugal um, that is delicious. So I would say cake, but that specific cake because I can eat it. (laughs) Oh, wow. And you have to travel for it. Wow. (laughs) Okay. What's your best target purchase in 2019? Girl, I got this inflatable pool um, that so I I have a very small backyard. I live in the city of Dallas. So but we maximize it. Um, so I got a really dope, like, uh, what is it? A lemon, technically. It's a lemon or a grapefruit. And it's a mini pool. And I have a projector. And I just put the projection on. I sit in my little mini pool. And if the pool is like $35 or something. And I just sit in there, have a pina colada, have some tea, whatever. And just watch shows, watch movies, all that good stuff. 
I love that. That's that's a good target purchase. Uh, what's your favorite place that you've traveled? I know you love traveling. So what's the fa- your favorite place you've been? Uh, in 2019 or like in life? Let's say both because I'm, I'm, I'm intrigued. <laughs> okay. So um, in life, Barcelona is 100% my favorite city in the world. Um, I'm going back next spring. And I love it because it it's basically the city that's the opposite of me. Um, I'm a very structured, like, let's do things itinerary person in real normal life. Barcelona's like, no, we're going to take a siesta. Like, no, we're just going to stroll around. Like, nobody has anywhere to be. Nobody has, there's no rush. There's no nothing. Um, And I love that there's, like, city and then, like, literally beach right next. Like, it's not separated. Um, So it's gorgeous. And if you have the chance to go, please do. Um, And I don't know Spanish. So you can, you can navigate and figure out (laughs) where you're going. Um, I would say in 2019, where did I go? Um, I went to Mexico for the first time. That was, that was okay. Um, I just went to, I just actually came back from Costa Rica. um, And I love Costa Rica as well. Um, The air seems clean. The food is delicious. Like Costa Rican barbecue. I'm all here for Food is everything. Um, so yeah, I would say that. Ah, thank you. Okay. What's your best business memory to date? Oh, my best business memory to date. I would say, honestly, the beginning of my business is probably my favorite, even though that's not, it wasn't the most like glamorous or, or anything like that. But I think it reminds me that I can bet on myself. Like it reminds me that I have everything that I need to move forward because I think a lot of us get tied up and thinking we need all these things. And, and I, I look back and I'm like, like if you were to look at my circumstances, I wasn't set up to win in the traditional sense. Um, and so I look back at that time and I'm just like, no, like I'm, I'm, you know, resourceful. I've, I know semi what I'm doing. Like I can make it work. <laughs> I love that. I really love that. What are two things that are always in your fridge, which may be tricky because you're gluten and dairy free. <laughs> <laughs> so my, my fridge might scare some people. So um, things that are always in my fridge are um, lemon juice and garlic, which sounds really random, um, but I cook a lot. And I would say probably 90% of the recipes that I make have a lemon and garlic in them, whether it's like this really delicious Spanish chicken or I make this really good sweet potato um, pad thai, like they all have lemon garlic in them. So, <laughs> so basically, call you next time I'm in Dallas because that sweet potato pad thai, I need that in my life. <laughs> oh my gosh, yeah, yeah, that's a lot of people's favorite dish that I make. So, come on over. Oh this sounds so good. Okay, that sounds good. And my last question that I always like to end with is, what brings you joy? Uh, what brings me joy is relationships. I love people. And that's not to say that I, it's funny, I'm kind of an ambivert. So I like just like, I'm like, I need alone time, but I also need people. So I, because I love doing puzzles, fun fact. So I'm a jigsaw puzzle person. Um, I spend, I would say not a lot of time, but my spare time doing puzzles, but I love building relationships. And I know that my queen bee role, if you've, if you've um, right clockwork or my main, like if Jordan's not doing this, the business dies is building relationships. If I'm not out there looking for affiliates, if I'm not out there talking to referral partners, if I'm not out there connecting and collaborating, then the business will die. Um, so, and not to be, I guess, like dramatic, but I love, like that just brings me so much joy. Even in personal life too, I love meeting people. It's, I think I'm just really fascinated. I moved 12 times in my life. And so there was a lot of meeting new people. 
And it was, it, it was always really exciting to me to just like the nuances of people and finding something to connect with people on, I think is always kind of a fun um, game for me, I guess. But I just love people love connecting. I think that's a good one. I think that's so important in business and life. I don't know if you've read, well, maybe even listen to the podcast. Um, so the Story Brand Podcast with Donald Miller, he has an episode when he talks to Ken Coleman, he talks about the proximity principle and he's talking about the five people you need in your life, like the five relationships. I actually like the episode better than the whole book. So I would say, I would suggest listening to that one. I think you would really enjoy that because he's talking about relationships um, and how there are five in particular that every person needs to have in their life. Um, and so- Thank you so much. Um, tell us, because now everybody's like, okay, let me go find Jordan, get some inspiration to get my life. I'm going to do it today. Where can they find you? <laughs> yeah, so I am a big Instagram junkie. Um, I love Instagram. So you can come hang out, instagram.com slash systemsavedme. Uh, and then website is systemsavedme.com. Um, and again, like I said, if you're interested in figuring out work week stuff and and how to manage your business as a one as a one woman show or one man show, then you can go to team of one masterclass.com slash sign up. So those are kind of the main three places. I'm other places, but those are the three places I like. <laughs> Excellent. Well, we will make sure to link all of that in today's show notes, which will be at shantegrant.com forward slash 126. So shantegrant.com forward slash 126. We'll have all that. We'll have the book link that you mentioned also, as well as the article, which I want to read that article. So we'll have all of that linked also in today's show notes. But thank you so much, Jordan, for your time today. Um, this is going to be a really good episode and help a lot of people. So thank you so much for time and talking with us here at the Business Life Enjoy podcast. Yes. Thank you so much, Shantae, for having me. All right. Bye. Didn't I tell you that you were going to love Jordan and this conversation? Make sure to let Jordan and I know that you listened to today's episode by tagging us over on Instagram. She's at System Saved Me and I'm at Shante Grant, S-H-U-N-T-A-G-R-A-N-T. And not only that, make sure to visit today's show notes for all of the links to the relevant things we talked about today. I'm going to have a link to the article, to the book that Jordan mentioned, as well as how you can get in touch with her and sign up for her class. You can go to shantegrant.com forward slash 126, shantegrant.com forward slash 126. For all the links we discuss in today's episode. Thank you again for listening to today's episode, friends. Until next Monday, I hope that wherever you are and whatever you are doing, that the sound of my voice finds you in the midst of pursuing something that has sincere meaning to you. You can find a brand new episode of the Business Life Enjoy podcast each and every Monday morning, waiting just for you at shantegrant.com forward slash podcast. And remember, the best way to say thank you for the podcast is by sharing the content with a friend and tagging me over on Instagram to let me know you're listening. Until next time, my friend, may your business and your life be filled with joy. Bye for now.